one take on twelve twenty-eight. All right. Welcome to another Straits Times World Cup podcast. We're done with the group stages and have seen a number of surprises, both good and bad, depending on your perspective. England have become an exciting prospect once more. Can you tell I wrote this before the Belgium match? And an absence of cohesion, Argentina have managed to slump through somehow. And not least, the champions Germany were knocked out. I'm your host, Jonathan Roberts, and I'm joined by ST Sports correspondent Cezali Abdul-Aziz and SPH head of podcasting, Ernest Lewis. Hello. Yo. Hello. I I will cut out the gaps from that one, shall I? (laughs) So, chaps, uh, before we briefly dissect the German debacle, how has your World Cup been so far? Is it one for the ages? Sazali? Yeah, I've loved it. You know, uh, I can't really remember the last time I I enjoyed a World Cup this much since probably France 98 for some weird reason. Wow. Uh, No, honestly, uh, you know, 2002, okay, Brazil winning, and then, you know, 2000. Uh, six and then 2010. I mean, it just you didn't the, the enjoy last, the 2014. The no, 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 not really, honestly. Oh, and wow. uh, last three, four World Cups to me have been oh, you know, it's it's you know once every four years kind of thing. But you know, there's some. I I feel there's something special. You know, you, there's so many goals. Um, you know, so many great saves. You know, it gets better with every round of matches. Uh, yeah, Eagle Russia for Cezali. Yeah. Ernest, what I do mean, you think? For me, it's it's different. You know, it's uh, I don't feel as as exciting as some of the other previous World Cups. And I think one of the things that I can't get used to, and maybe a lot of people can't get used to, is the fact that the smaller teams have actually outdone themselves. You know, you get a lot of uh, upsets and uh, last-minute results. And I think maybe this, we're entering a new phase of World Cup competition. The small teams are not as small as they used to well, be now. Well, only yeah. if they keep it consistent. Because, yeah. I mean, don't forget, everyone thought Greece were amazing when they were 2004 yes. Euros. Yeah. What happened to them? Yeah. But then again, there's the whole thing with the country as well. But, you know, nobody remembers Greece anymore. Kind of reminds me of the English Premier League, where the smaller teams now are tougher to beat. So the competition is improving at the World Cup level, which is good, actually, for the game. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, chaps, the big news is still, what happened to Germany? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, everything happened and nothing happened to them, I guess. I, um, no, I spoke to, to a couple of local coaches about this, uh, and from their perspective, a coaching perspective, it's, uh, you know, they, they say that, you know, there's this champion's curse, you know, from, you know I mentioned France 98, you know, 2002, they, they got knocked out in the first round as well. Um, you know, they, they see it as, you know, these defending champions, they go into the next tournament four years later, playing basically the same kind of football they played when they won the, the, the tournament. So, you know, in, in other words, they're outdated, lah, you know, and, and pretty much Germany... Yes, they had they had uh, you know uh, Lam retire and Schweinsteiger retire and uh, Closer retire, but they had sort of like like for like replacements, and I guess uh, you know the style just you know was a bit outdated. But you can't maybe. just put it down to like for like replacements. I mean, for me, it is that the team that set the world on fire and suddenly became exciting Germany in two thousand and six. I think mm. two thousand and six, right? Two thousand and six um, was the start of the building up of this team. Yeah, yeah. when Germany started playing exciting football. Um, I can't say again because they didn't before. Um, that team, you know, like you say, Lam, Closer, Podolski, they've gone now. And you can say, oh, well, they've got like for like in, but it's about the team. If the World Cup is in about anything, it's about the teamwork. And if you don't have that team, and for every World Cup champion, I think you've either you're building a new team for the future or. After about three World Cups, you you're back to square one again. 
I mean, like for like, let's say, take for example the main striker. I mean, the the first match, Timo Werner. I thought during the first half he was like some tourist in Russia or something. I didn't even know he existed. And in terms of overall quality, look at if you compare him with closer. Obviously, there's no comparison. The other thing is the the team. It's a team game, and Germany. I mean, strange. They seem very disunited going into all the games. I mean, they, something has been troubling. There must have been a rot. Earlier, before the tournament, there was a spat between the goalkeepers. You know, when they were questioning why Manuel Neuer was allowed to get back straight in after nine months out in injury. So I think mentally they seem to be disunited. But the um, manager, I mean, the coach, I should say, is, mm. is still doing all his lucky charms. I mean, Joachim yeah. Lowe is still, you know, t- <laughs> touching himself in all the right places to. You know, that seemed to work last time. Well, yeah. he's, he's touching it's himself in all the right places but making the wrong calls. I, I think, <laughs> I, I agree with Ernest. You, you see, I mean, it's fair to say, okay, we, we earmark, you know, Timo Werner as, as you know, closest heir. Uh, uh, but, you know, after a game where, where you know, he mm. basically looked invisible, after two games, he still started yeah. the third game. You know, Joshua Kimmich uh, on, on the right side of the of defence, you know, he's supposed to be, you know, uh, Lam's successor. He, he was in great form throughout the season. First game he was terrible. Second game he was bad. I think bad. a lot of it is still mm. about teamwork, though. You, the individual can be have a bad game, but if you're not playing as a team, which is why I'm still surprised and disappointed that Argentina have got through because they're not really playing as a team. They're, they're as to yeah. use Ernest's analogy, tourists. It seems yeah. to be there's Messi well, and well, ten tourists. If if the reports are to believe. To be believed, they, they they really are playing as a team because they basically mm. let the team select the team, lah. You know, so ah. you know we'll, it, it depends on how you look at it, I guess. Well, seeing as they are through, let's go on to the round of sixteen. Sazali, who do you think is in trouble and who's got a pretty easy route? Well, <laughs> you know, talking about easy routes, uh, you know, obviously England fans are. are, are Looking at the silver lining of of losing uh, to Belgium because they they're in the so-called easier bracket where where there's only uh, you know two former winners in themselves so, included. So-called, right? so-called. Yeah, and uh, well, the other side there are you know ten titles you know shared across four four winners, four former winners. But um, yeah, before I say anything about England, I have to tell, I have to repeat that you know before the World Cup kicked off, I mentioned that England would be in the quarterfinals, and you scoffed at me. You said you wanted to sell me magic beans. <laughs> Uh, well, I would say I just said that some people would want to sell you some magic beans. I never actually scoffed at Okay, admittedly, I did not have much hope for England. But then again, a good place to come in at. Low expectations, and they're exceeding it. Again, though, it is a team. It is them playing as a team, and that is wonderful to see. Everything is about the team. If they can feed Harry Kane a bit more, fantastic. I think we're in Wonderland. But the risk is is that you suddenly become cane dependent. You think England's going to get through then? Yes, I think England's going to beat uh, Colombia. Uh, I'm not so sure. You know, you know, th- this is a tricky thing about England. You know, of course, you know, like um, I can see them beating Colombia, but for some reason, I I can see them tripping up against Sweden or Switzerland. So it, it, you know, I. Once from the, you know, I, I tip them for the quarterfinal, but honestly, I, I don't know how far they can go beyond that. Yeah, after the group stages, you have to remember sometimes that it, we're in heartbreak mode. Yes, pretty much. This, yeah, this is exactly. this is it or yeah. nothing now. So yeah, Ernest, who do you fancy? Well, I think uh, Uruguay is probably going to knock Portugal out because I think they're going to give uh, Ronaldo some hard man treatment 
France, Argentina, I still feel that France is keeping a lot in reserve. Argentina, as you said, I mean, with Germany, how how many games could they continue flip-flopping, flip-flopping? And Argentina, I think they don't have that consistency and that momentum. I'm looking at uh, England. Actually, mm-hmm. I'm going further a bit than Cesali now. I think they could actually reach the semi-final, you know what? Because if Switzerland, and I think Switzerland has this never-say-die attitude, they could pip Sweden, which means mm-hmm. England will meet Switzerland. And if England meets Switzerland, they could actually pip Switzerland and meet what I'm predicting Croatia to be in the semi-finals. Okay, what about uh, something like Brazil-Mexico? I mean, you've got the new exciting yeah. Mexico and you, uh, Brazil who... Well, seem to be part of this triumvirate of old guard who are just like oh, okay. Well, I, I, you know, again going back to the the the, the kickoff podcast before the tournament, I, I, my pick was was Brazil. Um, you know, admittedly they haven't been, you know, the one of the best teams uh, in the tournament, but um, you know it's about peaking also at the right time, and and you know they they've sort of found uh, a new savior in in. Coutinho instead of Neymar, so mm. you know we we could see them really kick on, uh, and and Mexico, yeah yeah they were fantastic against Germany who were terrible, you know you have to remember, uh, and uh, you know in, in their last game, you know Mexico themselves were, were quite horrid. So for for all you know, you know Mexico they, they they've lost their steam, uh, and and I I I still think Brazil is gonna reach all the way to so the final. So do you think we're gonna get familiar names? You think we're going to get familiar names in the final then? Um, not really. No, I I I I agree with Ernest. I think uh, Uruguay is going to you know uh, beat Portugal and, and even the winner of the France Argentina game. They have, they I mean yes they have Godin and uh, and uh, Jimenez the, the the two defenders from Atletico, um, and for some reason they 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 really do shape up like Atletico as well. They have a, a really good striker or two really good strikers up front. Uh, they've got a, a really tough. You know, uh, defense. You know, and, and a good goalkeeper. So I, I think they can go pretty far, but I don't think they're going to beat Brazil in the semi-final. So I'll, I'll just add on to that. In that bracket, of course, my I always have a soft spot for Mexico since the 1986 World Cup. And on paper, yes, I think Brazil does have the edge over Mexico. Mexico cannot finish; they cannot finish well. But I, I somehow feel that if they continue their play acting. The referee is going to be on the watch for that in the game against Mexico, and if Mexico can just get that first goal, they might really throw the Brazilians off. So we don't know. I'm hoping for the best. I'm not sure. Well, we do actually have one day before the round of 16 starts, and how do you spend your spare time in Russia without a day without football? Well, we're going to travel now west to Sazali, Kaliningrad. There's been so many wrong takes of that where I can't even pronounce it properly. So Cesarius manfully stepped in. Anyway, we're going there to meet our man in Russia. David Lee has been there covering the matches, and this is his second audio postcard. I warn you, he tries to sing in it. David. Привет from Kaliningrad, this quaint Russian outpost that shares no common border with the mainland and is sandwiched by Poland. Lithuania and the Baltic Sea. It is the westernmost Russian city, and the former Germany city known as Konigsberg before it was annexed by the former Soviet Union in 1945. So the most unique thing I've seen here is the House of Soviets, 
which started construction in 1970 but is still not completed yet after almost what 50 years it reminds me of the incompleted hotel in north korea and you can google the house of soviets because it looks so weird with its brutalist cube shape that locals call it the buried robot because it looks like a massive robot's head jutting out from the ground so the buried robot is found in the city center and overlooks the fan fest here and the german fans uh they can say that they were crash fallen bunch on wednesday when i was there when defending champions germany lost 2-0 to south korea and crashed out of the first round for the first time in 80 years but to be fair the german fans took it on the chin and said their team deserved to be knocked out for their poor performances so talking about fans i had thought that the mexican fans in moscow knew how to make a din and a party Well, that was before I had seen the Argentina fans out in full force in San Petersburg. Okay, perhaps there wasn't so much at stake in the first group game when they drew one all with Iceland in Moscow. But in their last group game against Nigeria in San Petersburg, the way they sang from start to finish really carried their team. It was deafening, spine-tingling, and I can say even mind-altering when almost fifty thousand people sing of their love for Messi, Maradona. At the top of their voices, you know. So Argentina were actually on their way out with just minutes left when Marcus Rojo, of all people, popped up in the penalty box to score the winner and send them through. But the real heroes for me were the fans. So this throws up a fascinating clash between France and Argentina in the round of 16. So can Lionel Messi go from strength to strength after scoring against Nigeria, or will he just fade away because there's just no more room for mistakes in the elimination stages? Talking about mistakes, I made one of the worst mistakes on this trip. Feeling a bit homesick to be away for almost three weeks now, I thought about the Dragon Boat Festival that had just passed when I walked past the Chinese restaurant in Saint Petersburg and decided to buy a dumpling for what two bucks. It was the worst. Okay, first it had no meat. Then there were just three pitiful red dates inside the sticky rice. Which had absolutely no taste at all. Okay, but that's just one small misadventure, and I'm also sorry for bringing to an end the perfect streak of Akil the cat. After I went to see、um, this beautiful white cat at the Hermitage Museum.、Uh, but the Russian food has generally been good. Borscht, or you call it the beetroot soup, is the ultimate comfort food on a cold day, and the Russians get. Their grilled meat and vegetables on point. So it has been a great World Cup so far, with lots of goals, lots of last-minute drama, and the atmosphere continues to be boisterous. And there has been no major incidents in the cities I've visited. So let's look forward to the knockout stages. Spasiba, David, and you can read his reports at StraitsTimes.com or indeed in print. And now for those of us watching it on TV. There is a double-edged sword with watching the World Cup. You can watch the match, but you also get the commentary and the punditry. Ernest, you've been having a bit of a love-hate relationship with this year's <laughs> pundits, haven't you? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm always amused by this. You know, I'm trying to wonder: is there an art to the football punditry? You know, where you can actually sound dramatic but actually not say anything concrete? 
Well, what have your issues particularly been with these you commentators know, I, this year? Okay, let's just take a game, uh, take a team that's not really performing, Argentina, Germany, or even you know. So they say things like you know, oh, you've you've got to decide what you want to do at this World Cup. Are you at this World Cup? Are you at this World Cup? What are you there for? Are you going to use every part of your body, every part of your body? If not, bang, end of story. Simple as that. We apologise to anyone of any nation that you think Ernest was doing an impression of. Yeah. He's got a, he's got a, his, the template pat down. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think I was trying to go for Eastern Croatian and just Eastern Croatian there. Cesar, so I've been watching the local stuff. I mean, th- a lot of people are putting the pundits up on social media, and you can see them there. Like my f- current favourite is Angry Roy Keane who currently looks like he's going to murder one of his co-hosts. Well, he, he always looks, he doesn't just currently oh, yeah. look like that, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah, no, we, we've seen, uh, you know, quite a lot of reactions on social media, um, you know, slating the pundits, you know, from Darren Anderton in Singapore all the way to, you know, Patrice Evra in, 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 in the UK as well as, uh, uh, who's that, Slavin Bilic, you know, who, who mm. and Roy Keane, I guess, yeah, yep. and, and uh, the, you know, they're, they're the comedy duo uh, for BBC, I guess, or is it ITV? I, ITV, I think, ITV, yeah. I think yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think the, on, the only issue I have, and it's not a, a huge one, is it's maybe a mild annoyance, is that, you know, they, they get so many, uh, you know, former players, in, just recently retired, or, or even some of them are still playing, actually, you know, like Cesc Fabregas, uh, you know, uh, Patrice Evra, and some of these guys, you know, they're not, really pundits you know they're still players you know so they don't really give that much of an insight they sit on the fence a lot Didier Drogba is one of them you know they don't so, want to insult their yeah exactly they, they don't want to insult their yeah. pals you know they don't want to say something that might get an entire continent angry with them <laughs> so in the end they offer you pretty much nothing bang you got to decide what you're there <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> I say I think you love it more than hate it <laughs> Clearly, he studied it a but, lot. But, but Jamie, I, I need to ask you this. I mean, Sazali and myself, we are Singaporeans, so we're no way in the right place to, to ask this question. You, being the authentic Englishman here. The Mat Saleh here. Yeah, you're from the land that gave us the art of football commentary and football punditry. What is it about this art? Can you sound dramatic while saying nothing? Well, uh, we, we have a number of famous commentators. John Motson, who re- recently retired, mm. who was like a statistician. Yeah. He knew every fact about every football match when he was commentating. To be really notable, though, you have to have uh, screwed up in some way, though. Or just inadvertently said the wrong thing. There's a very famous commentator called David Coleman, who is famous for tripping up. Uh, in fact, they even created this column called Coleman Balls, where he which collated all his mishaps. And it became a... Coleman Balls was a standard thing for commentators saying the wrong thing. So some of his famous ones are like, uh, don't tell those coming in the final result of that fantastic match, but let's have another look at Italy's winning goal. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, saying mundane stuff just to fill time, like, he's 31 this year, last year he was 30. (laughs) there's also, I mean, sometimes things get attributed to him as well. There's a very famous one uh, yeah. from Athletics saying, and Linford Christie spreads his legs and shows us exactly what he's got. <laughs> In the realm of saying something dramatic while saying nothing at all, look, there's plenty of pundits and commentators in England who do the same thing. I can remember Barry Venison. You remember that journeyman, former Newcastle, former Liverpool player? He was a pundit at one point. And they asked him, what did, he th- what did he think of a match? And he said, I smell drama. <laughs> <laughs> you smell drama? 
No, but but some of the things they they, they you know some of the pundits at this World Cup have, have been saying are quite ridiculous. I I I saw a clip the other day of uh, Leon Osman, the, the former Everton player. I'm not even sure what wow. channel he's on, but he was That's, a pundit for someone, yeah. and he rattled off like 13 cliches in 40 seconds or something <laughs> like that. You know, uh, it's a game of two halves. The ball is round. In one sentence At the end of the in, day At the end of the day yes. Early doors You need to get in Yeah you know, 13 <laughs> cliches in 40 seconds Is you know You gotta You know Take your hat off to the guy lah, You know And and also <laughs> There was a There was a clip of uh, Ryan Giggs Telling this You know Cringe story of how You know Carlos Queiroz You know Didn't really make The best first impression Simply because He called him Giggs Instead of Ryan Or Giggsy <laughs> And it, it was so it, Oh it was so painful To watch You know what I mean Of course you Kind of hope that these uh, pundits and competitors are going to try and have a bit more fun with it, not try and be so po-faced, not so serious. I mean, a really good example, actually, that he could take a leave from is uh, the England's 98 World Cup squad. They had a bet that in every interview, they try and sneak a song title in. Oh. And apparently Alan Shearer and Gareth Southgate were the best ones. Oh, is it? <laughs> I, yeah, can't, yeah, I can't like, remember the exact I saw the video But was, they did it so yeah. They were and, so poker And I think about Halfway through The media picked up on it And, yeah. and they asked him And yeah. uh, they asked Alan Sh- I think Gary Lineker Was the one asking Alan Shearer And Alan Shearer Replied with a song title You know And denying it So it was fantastic Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So JB you, You're saying what This art needs Something Like you need A, a few ingredients You need the analogy Well, you need the analogy, and you need to take that analogy much further than it really needed to go. Oh, okay. So if you say, oh, he's on the pizza. He's, he's like a chef. He's like a chef. He's got his pizza ingredients. He's brought the toppings. Look at him. He's brought the toppings, and he's out for delivery. He's going across the pizza. Look, he's, got the one. he's made one delivery, 30 minutes or less. Perfect. Bit of a tip there. But then he gets... The defense comes up. Have they got the money to pay for it? They don't have the money. Oh, what's he gonna do? He's gonna ask questions. They're gonna ask questions of him. Can they pay in kind? That's when the wah wah guitar starts. Is he gonna be able to get into the goal? <laughs> way that too went, far. That, that went further than I way thought. Too yeah. far. <laughs> can can we get you in for every England match from now on? No. <laughs> with with food analogies each time. And with those horrible commentaries, that's where we'll leave it. I really apologise, we'll never do it again. Ah, what the hell, let's go further. You'll hear us next time after the round of 16, just before the quarterfinals. And don't forget, this is Heartbreak Central. This is where they do it or they die. That's awful, isn't it? it anyway, you'll hear us again. <laughs> In the meantime, do go to straightstimes.com for more podcasts. There's a whole range of stuff there, from films to business to finance to health even. All the wonders of the world. And join us again, Cezali, Ernest... Thanks for joining me now. Always great to be in the SPH Pleasure Dome. Said with as much <laughs> conviction as the Argentina squad. <laughs> always great to be here, always. Thanks, JB. Can't wait to hear you again. You know, you think we were worst of enemies. <laughs> Until you hear us again, Spaceba and Dos Vidania.